Hi everyone, Isha here. Just wanted to let you know you can find us on Twitter at OshiokioPod. I wanted to also thank Barbara Daly for the art that she's provided for this podcast. And lastly, I wanted to apologize for any weird noises that you may hear in the background during the episode. Bear with us, we're doing our best. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and today we're going to be talking about the Dark Kingdom. Which is the first arc of the Sailor Moon series, in almost, almost yes. in every iteration, right? Yes, so this is the arc that is most adapted in an anime form, in musical form, and in live action form. Uh, it takes different shapes, obviously, depending on the medium, but... Um, it's all pretty consistent. Sailor Moon is established. Um, we meet her f- her friends and comrades in the fight against evil. Tuxedo Mask is introduced. We find out all about the Moon Kingdom. And yeah, we bust up some people. <laughs> we meet our core heroes. We meet our core bad guys. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Right. The bad guys change throughout Sailor Moon, but they're always against the Moon Kingdom. Right. It's funny because I just, it's funny that we're, that we have to say the Dark Kingdom arc because in the original anime dub, English dub, it was called the Negaverse and they kept that throughout right. all of the, all of the dubs. It was just always the Negaverse. I mean, cause you can't really, and, and can we say what a nineties name that is? <laughs> it is really nineties. The Negaverse. The Negaverse. I I guess, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be like, you know, the negative universe? Negaverse? Yeah. Yeah, and I I guess that makes sense. It sounds so, like, punky, you know? It's very dated. It's very dated. I don't know what they would call, I don't remember what they would call the enemies in the original English dub. Like, the individual Monster of the Week enemies, because I didn't watch the you know, English dub. No, I don't remember. I'm trying to think. Because they didn't call them Yoma or anything. No, I don't um, know what they called them. But we'll get to that. We'll get okay, to that. We'll get to the anime. I'll have to <laughs> rewatch there's a lo- that. There's, there's so many differences. Because the anime has 48 episodes for Dark Kingdom, and the manga is like 13 chapters. Mm-hmm. For Dark Kingdom. So there's a lot more anime than there is manga. And that's because, again, like we said before, uh, the manga and the anime were produced side by side. And so um, the anime had to create a lot of filler. Like Sailor Moon, like Dragon Ball Z, was a lot of filler because there was a lot of manga that needed to still be written. And boy, was there a lot of filler. Oof. We'll get to uh, We'll get to some of the... Some of the really big padding that they've done. Right. Otherwise, um, I, I think it was actually simple enough for Sailor Moon because it became your basic monster of the week, you know? Yeah. And I think because of the, you know, tradition of Tokusatsu, um, you know, like Kamen Rider and Power Rangers and that sort of thing, you know. Is that the genre, like, Tokusatsu? Yeah, Tokusatsu or Super Sentai for, like, Power Rangers. Ah. Um like that monster of the week kind of thing is is very like is very Japanese. Yeah. 
I don't know. If, yeah, it's very Japanese. We got it a lot uh, in the eighties. I feel like because you had a lot of um, shows. It, the adventure shows would be um, kind of uh, they weren't. They didn't usually have a big overarching story. They could air them in any order. So it'd be mm, like, yeah, yo, problem. Solve problem. End of episode. Almost right. like a sitcom, but with monsters and superheroes. <laughs> yeah, and that was because people had to watch things as they aired. Yeah. They couldn't go back. Like, VHS wasn't a... VHS was very new in the 80s. You know, people couldn't record things and watch them back, you know? Uh-huh. Um, it's not like now, <laughs> where you can find the same thing on, like, seven different sites. Right. You know, or so. even the 90s where a lot of people did have those VHS players and blank tapes. I know I did. That is, yeah, that but is... You, you, <laughs> yeah, but you still needed to keep up with it day to day if there was an overarching story. So there, so right. definitely things are more episodic and contained that way and, because you needed people to be able to drop in. And if something went wrong with the tape or something like that, oh no, my thing didn't record. No, mom, why didn't you check it? I was at school. You know. Yeah, I remember that. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Kids today don't know. Now you can just hop uh, online and be like, where's a pirate site I can get this episode? <laughs> you don't gotta sit through commercials. You don't have to, like... Back in our day. <laughs> Back in our day. Like, you didn't have to work. You didn't have to... You had to be like, Mom, why can't we get Nickelodeon? You know, it's just like we're not paying for a cable. Like, I don't want you sitting in front of the TV all day. You do that enough as it is. Right. But um, now I sit in front of a computer all day because that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> but every single adaptation of Darkinum, except for the musicals, because they can't start from the very beginning with the musicals. They got to just get right into it. Because uh, they've only got two hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've only they've got like a two and a half hour stage show, so they don't have time to <laughs> to be all like Saki's discovering she's Sailor Moon. There's just no time. Yeah, that's what musical pieces are for. You know that that's musicals yeah. work out well if you need to summarize because you literally just summarize in song. You know, fall in love in mm-hmm. song, time passage in song. Like the song fills. It's like a series. It fills in for development. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But with the manga and the anime, she introduces herself in the same way. And this gets really old with the anime because it it comes, like, right after the theme song every time where she introduces herself and, like, who she is and, you know, how she's described. But, like, oh my gosh, she's actually a pretty soldier in a sailor suit, Sailor Moon. So she literally introduces herself as a 14-year-old second-year middle school student. So in America, that's eighth grade. And she says her blood type is O because Japan's really big on blood types. Her sun sign's cancer. She's clumsy and a crybaby. And she repeats that ad nauseum for most of it's the original of the anime's intro. run. Yeah, it's part of the intro. Yeah. You have to know it every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just in case you didn't know, this is who Usagi is. And like, right off the bat, Usagi wakes up late. Usagi's not good at school. <laughs> Usagi is lazy. Usagi likes video games. She's like, as a kid, I did not realize how deeply relatable I would find Isagi as an adult because I really did not relate to her as a child. I knew I was Usagi the first time I saw her. It's like that right. scatterbrain bubble-headed girl, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And it's 
And she's just like, it's great. Like, I love it. I love how silly she is. And like the episode goes really fast where like at school, somebody brings up Sailor, you know, like her mom's watching the news about Sailor V. So we are immediately, we immediately are like Sailor V is somebody important at school. They talk about her and how she like foisted a bank heist. And a superhero. He's like, he's like, yeah. A superhero and he's like, he's like reading about in the news. Right, and Isagi's like, who? And they're all like, Isagi, how are you this dumb? <laughs> it's literally all over the news. Um, she, does she go, I don't think she goes to the arcade right away. She might do, but we find out that, you know, she goes to an arcade fairly often, and like, right off the bat, her her friend Naru is like, my mom's having a huge sale at our jewelry store. Like, let's go look, and Isagi goes and she's like, I don't have the money to buy even the cheapest things. She, and like with with my crappy test grade, my parents are definitely not going to give me money. Right. She does go to the arcade first the day before because that's why Um, that's how she has. Oh, wait. No, that's not. No, you're right. You're she right. meets Luna she meets on the Luna. way to school. Yeah, she meets Luna on the yeah. way to school and Luna is someone who pops up later. That's right. I'm trying to think, right? Like, how does she get? Because she, she gets the items from Luna. I was thinking she got them from the arcade, but she gets the items from Luna. Sorry, I'm jumping no, ahead. She get, <laughs> yeah, she gets items from the arcade in the future. But yeah, on the way to school because she's late, she steps on Luna and then sees that she has these band aids on her head, so she removes them and reveals a crescent moon, and Luna runs off. Um, Can we mention and then like talk about an entrance like she meets Luna because she's rushing to school and she steps on a cat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such an Isagi thing to do. It is. You know, she's like, oh, something... my God, I'm so sorry. Right. She's really apologetic. She's like, oh, but you're so cute. And Luna scratches up her face. And <laughs> and it's a it's a very realistic it's so, and she gives, she gives Luna a kiss, which is really cute. She's like, I'm so sorry, yeah. kitty. Mwah. And that's when Luna scratches her. But then she, Luna's like, no. Yeah. And then she sees the Band-Aid, and she knows that she's been messed with, and she takes the Band-Aid off for her, and mm-hmm. Luna pieces out of there. Yeah. But It's such a cat thing to do, to be like, let me give you a kiss, and it's like, I'm gonna slash her face. Yeah, that's my cat, exactly. She's evil. <laughs> So she goes to school. We find out she's gotten really bad grades. So she mm-hmm. she doesn't think she's going to be able to benefit from the jewelry sale that her best yeah. friend's mother is going on uh, has going on. Um, but go ahead if you want to continue with the summary from there. I derailed it. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're fine. And then, like, she leaves the jewelry store, and she's, like, this stupid grade, and she crumples up her test and throws the paper behind her, and it hits our very own tuxedo mask in his very first appearance, and he insults her. <laughs> this dashing gentleman. Yes. And uh, she looks back, and, and she's like, what kind of a weirdo wears a tuxedo in the daytime? <laughs> <laughs> and sun- he's you know? got, like, sunglasses and a tuxedo, and he's just like, yeah. this prick. You know? <laughs> yeah. As she like walks away, she's like, he's kind of cute though, but he's a jerk. Right. She gets home and she's like, maybe she can hide this test score from her mom, but like her classmates already come by and told her about it because he's the worst. Because he's a narc. And so her mom like, oh, such a narc. 
And so her mom, like, kicks her out of the house and won't let her in until she starts literally throwing a tantrum at the door. And her younger brother is like, please let her in. The neighbors will talk. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's so dramatic. She really is. She gets inside and she's like, I need to study, but let me take a nap real quick. And it's just, I relate to Savi so much as an adult. It's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then you fall asleep and a few hours go by and you're like, oh my God, it's the next day. She's, she's straight up not even, I'll do it, I'll do it. She's like, I'll do it, but let me nap first. Yeah. And then she wakes up to Luna in her face, like, talking to her, and she's like, mm, still dreaming, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because Luna gives her the moon, the brooch, her transformation brooch, I don't, does she give her the moon, the disguise pen? Uh, I don't remember, she but she does give her- yet. No. No, she gives her the brooch, and Isagi, and tells Isagi, like, shout these words, moon prison power makeup, and you'll transform. And Isagi's like, okay, cool, whatever, because this is pretty. And then she transforms, and she wigs out. And... She loves it. Like, this is she, she does not love it. She thinks it's neat, but um, she doesn't really want to be a superhero, that's for sure. Mm. No, she's definitely like, this is a dream, whatever, and then... Oh, she liked the brooch, though. She's like, the brooch is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, but... She's like, the brooch is pretty, I'll put it on, I'll keep it, this is great, thanks for, like, the free gift, talking cat. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, and it's because she missed out on jewelry earlier in the day, she's like, oh, cool, pretty, you know? Right! She's such a typical teenage girl. And, And then Luna's like, no, pay attention, and... When she first transforms in the manga, I don't think in the anime she has these goggles. Um, but in the manga, she has these goggles, which show her that her friend Naru was in trouble. Because as it turns out, that bi- her mom having that big sale, her mom has been replaced by a monster. And the monster is like, I killed your mom and took her place. But the manga shows us that her mom is just tied up in the basement, still alive. Yeah. <laughs> And I just really love, it's just like this little side panel that's like really small and it's just like still Naru's mom alive. Right. And the whole reason the she took over the mother and was selling this jewelry is because this jewelry has a special crystal on it. And when people wear it, it drains like their life force out of them, right? Their energy out of them. Mm-hmm. And it delivers yeah. that energy to the bad guy. It's making her more and more powerful. So, yeah. it's all part of the plot. Yeah, so Usagi goes to save her best friend, which, like, if you were given, like, this magical brooch and this magical power, and there was the talking cat being like, so you have to save the world now. I feel like in real life, most of us would be like, I'm going to take this off and give it back to you, and you can find someone else. <laughs> but because Usagi's genuinely a good person, if a little bit inept, she goes to save her friend, and she does she flips out the whole time doing it because she's because she gets hurt and the monster you know summons the people who bought the jewelry earlier to um help fight sailor moon it's almost kind of like they're enthralled so they've had their energy drained and they come back in not in like a dilapidated dilapidated state but mentally mm kind of like zombified they come back under the control of the villain uh, right. To attack her. Mm-hmm. 
And so Isagi fights back and Lena tells her, like, tells her how to use an attack so she can kill the monster. She kills the monster. And then we hear Tuxedo Mask for the very first time being like, you know, like, I didn't find the Ginsuisho, but I found something else that's really interesting. And Isagi sees him and it's just like, so cool, heart eyes. Yeah. And... And in this, like, the the first chapter of the manga and the first episode of the anime are basically beat for beat the same thing. Yeah. It's almost like, it's it's almost like they use it as a storyboard. It's that close. If right. All and story this, beats. yeah. And it's the case for Crystal as well, where it's just like beat for beat, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about Crystal later. <laughs> um, yeah, so that kind of sums it up. And then in the manga, we move pretty fast because again the manga is on a much different pace to the anime the anime is much slower so while in the anime we have like five or six episodes between the first episode and when we meet sailor mercury the next chapter is literally sailor mercury in the manga right it, it's as we continue forward we meet each of the the senshi each of her companions one at a time which is nice because that means we get a chance to meet and kind of establish the personality of each of the characters before they continue on their adventures, you know? Yeah. And I really appreciate that in the anime. And I think that's where the anime is stronger than the manga because Mm -hmm. we get so much time with the others. With the characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not just Usagi focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the manga is so short, it, it really has to spin like, because we're having a character arc for her. You know, we don't have time for a character arc for every single character. But the main character, they're like, okay, she's got to do things. She's got to develop as a person. Right. And, you know, there's like small ways in which they kind of establish who Mercury and Mars and Jupiter yeah. are. Um, and Venus has codenamed Sailor V, you know, the two monks before then. So there's mm-hmm. like lots for her to build off of. But in a lot of little ways, the the characters are sort of built up and... What I always forget about Mercury, because we always think of Mercury as, like, shy, quiet, and bookish, but, like, when she's introduced, everyone's just, like, she's super cold and, like, really intimidating and incredibly smart. And, um, and her mom's a doctor and her dad's, we don't find out about her dad until, I think, the second arc, but, like, her parents are divorced. We, we learned that pretty early on. Her dad is, like, this famous artist. So she is a cool, intimidating, rich girl genius. And Mercury's very popular in Japan because she's kind of, like, that Japanese ideal mm-hmm. when it comes to being smart. Yeah. <laughs> and... She's, she's the... She's the stereotype, almost. She's the ideal. She's what people yeah. strive for. And her introduction, you know, Luna is like, this one is, is your, is the next century. This is, this is your comrade. And it's like, he's like, oh, cool. And then I really love, I think the anime does this too, where it shows like Isagi, like with devil horns and a devil tail being like, I can get her to help me with my grades. Right. <laughs> Cause it's something she struggles with. Um, it's like, but you- she's just really friendly. Yeah, it's like, we're going to be best friends. She's going to help me with my homework. I'm going to be able to right. my tests. <laughs> I know. And she straight away takes her to the arcade. They play a game. She puts her on Sailor V and Ami, like, gets the top score. 
And then the machine gives her, um, I don't remember, I think a disguise pen? Her transformation pen. Yeah, her transformation pen. And then Usagi gets mad and, like, beats up the machine She's until like, it never gives, gives her one, too. anything. <laughs> Completely forgetting that she already has a brooch. And she knocks something out of it, right? Yeah, she, that's how Usagi gets her disguise pen. That's right. Yeah, it's so funny. She beats and up I'm, a vending machine for it. A video game machine, and, like, you have, like, the arcade guy, Motoki, or Andrew, as he was called in the original English dub, you know, being like, please don't beat up the machine. <laughs> I think in the anime, she gets a disguise pen much earlier, because she does, like, a bunch of disguise stuff, so they're like, we can't have this happen at the same time. But obviously in the manga, everything's much more condensed. Yeah. So we do that. Mercury goes to this cram school, which is very common in Japan, and also in South Korea, and I think China as well, where, like, you go to actual school... And then you go to cram school after actual school for, like, several hours. Um, I don't think I really understand cram school. Is it is it support for the schoolwork you have, or is it more schoolwork? It's more schoolwork. Why? I don't know. So you because, have to do like, that in addition to your homework? I think, I think so. I think it, it's building upon, like, what you've learned in school. So it's, yeah, like, kids in Japan and in South Korea and in China will spend, like, 12 hours in some kind of schooling. I think I would have a heart attack. Yeah, it's not great. Like, this is why suicide rates among young people are so high. But that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) But that's a subject for another podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Um... She goes to this cram school. This cram school is possessed by uh, the Dark Kingdom. The Dark Kingdom's trying to suck out the energy of all these genius kids. Usagi busts in to save her, and Mercury transforms. We get Mercury. Everything's great. Boom. On to the next one. At the school, they hear about, like, this bus that disappears. I like this um, one. This is a really cool one. Yeah, it's really cool. They're talking about how, like, there's this bus that goes by this shrine, the Hikawa Shrine, and, like, there's a six o'clock bus, and if you get on it, nobody sees you ever again. And Luna's like, that's that's suspicious. That's sus. We need to check it out, because it might be the work of the enemy. And so Sagi goes, and she meets Ray, And Ray is Sailor Mars. And she is a cool, intimidating, rich girl, Miko. So a female priest um, in the Shinto religion. He goes to a private Catholic school uh, because her dad is a very influential politician. But she lives with her maternal, I presume her maternal grandfather. Um, I think the manga indicates that her mom was her grandfather's daughter. I don't remember if anything was like that was said in the anime that exact detail is not important she lives with her grandfather it's not she lives with her grandfather at the shrine and she goes to school and like people are like she has psychic powers and she's kind of creepy creepy. and maybe she's she'll put a curse on you and um she has these crows that listen to her it's you know like when you look outside of it's just like this this girl is a witch yeah (laughs) and they they start spreading the rumors that she's the one responsible for the disappearances right the bus yeah yeah i think usagi comes up and there's like a rich lady you know telling her to help her find her daughter yeah because her daughter was taken and you know gets mad at her and it's kind of like 
Here is this full-grown woman who admittedly is under a lot of stress because her child is missing, but you're also yelling at a 14-year-old girl. I mean, isn't that every single Karen, though? <laughs> I think Karen is actually actually works in Japanese. Karen. Karen? <laughs> yeah, Karen. The Japanese version of Karen. Karen. Karen's. <laughs> She's a total Karen-san. <laughs> um... But Isagi goes, and then Ray is trying to solve this mystery as well, and she gets abducted by this bus. Isagi sees it and, like, runs after it, and um, weirdly transforms into, like, a stewardess. Like, I don't know why she does this. It's just very cute and, and dumb. And she, like, manages to jump onto this bus, but Luna, who she was carrying, kind of falls back, and we see Tuxedo Mask, like, grab Luna and, like, stare as this bus goes through a portal. And I think Luna had given Usagi, like, this girl is, you know... Luna at first thinks, like, this girl is so cool and pretty, could she be the princess? She's not the princess. <laughs> yeah. But, um... But yeah, it's a really cool... Usagi has her, um, transformation print and tosses it to her, and she... Mars Power makes up, and she kills Jadeite who is the first of the four generals of the Dark Kingdom. Yeah, the four generals uh, are kind of like the major baddies underneath the queen. So yeah, Queen Beryl is the big, big baddie. She's got her four generals underneath that. And mm-hmm. um, like... Actually, Queen Natalia is the big, big baddie. Right, underneath but we don't know that. Queen... <laughs> we don't know that yet. We yeah. don't know that in the beginning. No. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of do like in the manga because queen barrel is like we have to get more energy for queen natalia yeah that's who they're trying i don't to, think it's kind of like that's who they're trying to like summon and revive kind of thing that's why she's like draining energy from people she's trying to revive mm-hmm. natalia yeah and take over or destroy the earth it's one of those things where, like, as a kid, I was always really confused about, like, bad guys creating death rays or, like, threatening to destroy the planet. Because it's just, like, y- you know you're a part of it, You're on too, the planet, right? Right? You're on it. You know, it always used to, it used to confuse me terribly as a child. And then I got older and studied, and studied history and looked at, you know, the world in general. And I was like, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. No, I get it now. Um... Maybe it's not a good thing that I identify with uh, super villains, but <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Doom did a lot of wrong things, but he has a point. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a different podcast. Um, Earthworm Jim had a good quote, and it's like, "Destroy the Earth, but all my stuff is there." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Yep. After we get Mercury and Mars, we have, like, a short period, um, which is, I think, about 10 episodes in the... 10 or 15 episodes in the anime. Um, and it's just one chapter in the manga. Yeah, it's much shorter but than But here's the big difference. Here's a big difference between the manga and the anime. Because in the manga, the second general, Nephrite, causes some problems in a couple chapters, and then he's killed when Jupiter is introduced. Jupiter kills him with Supreme Thunder. But in the anime, he dies before Jupiter even comes on the scene. So he takes Jadeite's place, and then Nephrite and Usagi's friend Naru start a relationship, and she has no idea who she is. 
But it's also like, this is a full grown man. Like it is established that he is older than Tuxedo Mask or Mamoru, who is like a first year college student. So he's definitely older than that. And it's just like, here's the full grown man. It's really creepy. In a relationship with a 14 year old girl. And like nothing serious ever happens. I don't think they kiss until like the very end. When he's like so like dying. when he's dying and he's just like I'm a di- I'm dying right now, so I just want to kiss you before I go. Which I mean, I'll allow it. I guess you die right after. So. <laughs> yeah, he has this, this tragic almost redemption arc. With- yeah, because she talk he they, he talks to Naru about like the stuff that he's doing, but in a very you know heavily veiled way. Right, but in the manga, and you don't get any of that. He's just another baddie. You know? No, he's just another bad guy. He cross dresses as a as like a ghost bride. It's it's very good. Um, <laughs> in the manga, it's great because Jupiter like literally like picks him up as like this ghost bride, and it's like, how dare you screw with my feelings? Oh. But um. But before Jupiter, in the manga, we have Princess D and D Kingdom, and she's revealing, like, this amazing gemstone that's, like, the treasure of D Kingdom. And everyone thinks, so the enemies, the Sailor Senshi, and Tuxedo Mask all think that this could be the Ginsui Show, because they're all looking for the Moon Princess and the Ginsui Show. And here's a princess with the gemstone. It's totally understandable. But here is the part that I find really interesting because Isagi goes to this party, they all use their disguise pens, they disguise themselves as princesses, they go to find stuff out. And um, they defeat the enemy who like possesses Princess D to try and take the gemstone. Stuff happens. Isagi's like, I'm gonna drink this juice right here. It's not juice, it's alcohol. <laughs> she gets tipsy and Tuxedo Masks finds her and like kind of takes her to the balcony so that, you know, she can sober get up. some air. Because she's, like, burning up. Right. This is their first kiss, which in retrospect is not great. <laughs> yeah. She's not real. She's not with it, but she, but we see her thoughts in the manga, and she's just like, this is so familiar. Why is this so familiar? And Luna, like, like, this kiss doesn't go very long. It's like a quick peck, and Luna shows up and is like, hey, <laughs> hey. Luna knows where it's at. Right. Luna's like, none of that now. Stranger. She's like, no, 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 no. Taking advantage of this young woman. I don't think so. She's like, pull it back, pull it back. And Luna confronts it because, like, Tuxedo Mask knows that Luna can talk. And she's just like, are you a friend or an enemy? Like, you're after the Ginsui show, too. Like, are you our friend or are you our enemy? And he's like, I... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Because he doesn't know why... He wants it. He's been having these dreams calling him to find it, but he doesn't know the motivation. So he doesn't know if he wants it for the same reason they want it or if ultimately they'll be at odds. Right. And we find out, and here's a big difference with, and we'll touch more on this when we have our episode that's a character analysis of Tuxedo Mask, which is that in the manga, he has dreams of someone calling for Serenity mm-hmm. and the Ginsui Show. And the Ginsui Show, I didn't say before, but it's like the magical silver crystal or the mystical silver crystal or uh, Imperium sil- silver, silver crystal. Silver Imperium crystal in, in English. It's yeah. a mouthful. Silver Imperium crystal. I could, as a child with a speech impediment, 
I could not say that as a child. <laughs> yeah, in English, we always call it the silver crystal. In yeah. Japanese, it's the maboroshi no ginsuisho. And maboroshi isn't really a word that is easily translated. So that's why it's just like, silver crystal, this is fine. What, what would be, is there like a literal translation or something? No. I think just because of the kanji for maboroshi. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's, there's like the mysterious or the mystical or the imperium or, you know, there's, it, it can be read in a couple different ways. There's uh, no real direct translation. That makes sense. Cause she did a lot of, um, like plays on words, things that ha- would mm-hmm. have multiple meanings with the same kanji. Right. That Takeuchi sensei. It's so so incredible. Like, I mean, this is a big deal in Japanese culture. Like, wordplay is a very, is like, is a very important part of the culture. It's one of the things that are, like, super ingrained. Yeah. Um, Puns are all over everything. And that's what makes, I think, more slice-of-life animes difficult to translate, because you lose the joke in translation. Right. Well, you know. I remember in early anime, there was, when it came to dubbing, there was a debate whether it was more important to preserve the exact translation or preserve the intent. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like, I remember having this conversation with someone over a Ranma. They had switched up one little quip they make in the beginning to, to make sure that it remained a joke, you know? Because if they had translated it exactly... It wouldn't have been funny at all. It would have been very literal. Uh, but yeah. but instead they decided to completely change what they said there, but to have the same effect to the viewer. It's like, hey, hey yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, so. and I appreciate that. I think actually that kind of localization is more important mm-hmm. because you get the same feeling, because you want to evoke the same emotion. Right. If you just get the literal translation, you have, and you don't have the background for it you don't have the knowledge for it it's just kind of like the the characters are reacting in a way like this is funny but it's not funny right and with something like Ranma where it's just like the whole thing is comedy right if you don't if you don't adapt the comedy right you know you're missing the point of the show exactly there's it's there's nothing enjoyable I mean because it's not a super strong story you know? Yeah. It's just the story is a catalyst for the humor. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like... I have a lot of things to say about Rumiko Takahashi's work. <laughs> but that's another podcast. Takahashi. <laughs> yeah, this ain't a Rumiko Takahashi podcast. Like, I'm not gonna waste my energy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so in the manga, Nephrite does, you know, does the whole Princess D thing, and I think he, and he does obviously as well in the anime. Um, but it's a lot more drawn out, and he gets really conflicted as he develops this relationship with this teenage girl. <laughs> For now, and yeah. um, and he wants to protect her, and so you know, like I think he's like this is where like chocolate parfait is like a trigger for me. <laughs> like I feel like like it's not so much anymore, but like it's such an emotional episode when he dies because at the very beginning of the episode like he tells Nara like we'll go to Tokyo Tower and we'll have a chocolate parfait and when he's dying you know she's there and she's crying and she's like you can't you can't die like we're supposed to 
we're supposed to go and eat a chocolate parfait together. And he's like, I guess you'll have to do it without me. And so for like several years after watching that episode, I would think chocolate parfait and start to cry. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was so emotional. And like when I first watched this, I was a teenager. So, you know, to me, like I didn't even clock the the age. This age difference is like actually super not acceptable. You know, you know, I was just like the emotion of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when you're talking about anime characters, they're so stylized. It doesn't necessarily click the age difference. If you had a live action and you had a man in his late 30s and a girl in her early teens, you'd be like, um, what, what's yeah, going you'd on be there? Like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, that's true. And, and also like all the teens in Sailor Moon are definitely drawn to look much older. Oh yeah. You know, it's just like, this is a 14 year old. You look like you're 22. <laughs> How do you have that much curves? Right, it's just like... And they're like 80% legs. Yeah. It's very very stylized, especially in the manga. I feel like the anime makes them look a lot more childish. They do. When they're they're not in sailor form. Especially in the filler seasons when they've got those little round potato faces. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the animation isn't quality because it's not really an important episode. Yeah. And everyone just looks, and like the guys all look extra boxy. Yeah. <laughs> and the girls are all extra round. <laughs> yeah. They look ba- pretty baby faced there because they're so rounded. Yeah. But I really, I really love that. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> it does make it seem more like, yeah, no, these are, these are kids in middle school. <laughs> Especially now as an adult looking back, because, you know, when I watched the full anime as a teenager, I was just like, yeah, this is normal because I was close to their age. And now as an adult, you know, looking at it now, it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like when we first when like my brothers and I first got Final Fantasy seven and like I read the booklet and it's just like cloud is 21. And I'm like, wow, 21. That's pretty old. And I'm, like, nine at the time. And I'm just, like, right. 21. Like, you're an adult. And then I turn 21 and I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a child. <laughs> I'm just, like, you're giving me what responsibility? Do you know how old I am? <laughs> and it's just, like, I'm not saving the world. I'm not going on missions. I'm not, you know, casting spells or whatever. It's, like, I just barely got responsible enough to be, to be, to drink. Like, what? <laughs> yeah it's just like i'm sorry you expect me to uh wield a giant sword and it does really put sailor moon into context because these are all 14 year old girls fighting against this big global evil yeah but that's anime <laughs> i mean i guess that's it's not just anime that's it's like any kind of superhero yeah. genre you know because somewhere somewhere along the line programming was like you, if you want to market to a specific demographic, it should be about people of that demographic. So if it's like, if you mm-hmm. want to market to young girls, you want the story to be about young girls. And that's just kind of hung on in, yeah. both, in both America and Japan for the cartoons. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to have a relatable age range. Right. Because, you know, what 10-year-old is going to want to watch, like, 30-year-olds try to figure out their lives? Ghostbusters. (laughs) They're not really figuring out their lives. They're trying to figure out the afterlife. That's true. But I was super into that cartoon. As a cartoon? Okay, that's different. Because, again, that's, again, like... The monster of the week. Yeah, but as Except it's a ghost. But as they're marketing it to kids now, they're doing the remake. It is following... I think it's following teenagers in the remake movie, right? Well, it's not a remake. Oh, yeah, the... The new movie coming out. The new movie coming out, which will come out in, like, 2023 because we're in a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. Um, this is fine. Sailor Moon, please. <laughs> Sailor Moon, please. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Christmas and the anime are a product of Queen Serenity ceiling. Uh, what are we saying here? Yeah, so with Jupiter's introduction in the anime, because in the manga, it's literally like Luna shows up with the moon stick and is like, Sailor Moon, like, you found all of your companions, you found Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, you're the leader of the four of you, and you have to find the princess and the Gensuisho, and you're the leader. But in the anime, they meet Jupiter, and I don't remember how exactly the rainbow crystals are introduced. Because, again, the anime had a lot more episodes to fill Mm -hmm. that didn't exist with the manga, and so they split the Ginsui show into seven pieces, you know, for, like, the seven colors of the rainbow. That's and right. I almost forgot about... Those are, like, the little, um... And the little monsters would be connected to yes. those. Yes, yes. So, in the... Monsters. Right, so in the anime, I think Luna gets this information from the arcade game. I don't think we discussed this, but the arcade game is basically, like, a training thing, and underneath the arcade game is, like... Their hideout. Their command center. Their command center. um, That they rarely use in the future, but they use a fair bit in, I think, the first arc. And um, Luna's like, these are the seven rainbow crystals. The Queen Serenity, so Princess Serenity's the moon princess's mom in the past life. Because she's like, you're all reincarnations of these soldiers. And in the past life, Queen Serenity fought the Dark Kingdom. And use the Ginsui show to seal away these seven great enemies, these seven great Yoma of the Dark Kingdom to seal away these soldiers. And so when she sent the souls of the princess and the senshi on Earth to be reborn, those crystals also went too. And so they're reborn as people on Earth with the Yoma inside the crystal that's inside them. If that makes any sense. (laughs) So... So they're like regular people, but then it can get triggered and they become the monster and they defeat the monster and the person goes back to normal and they get the shiny crystal out of them, more or less. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so because Nephrite's dead, and I think in in, in the manga, ne- like all the generals are pretty close to each other, but in the anime, that's not the case. Like Zoizite is kind actually of like, the cause. Oh, yeah. Zoizite is the cause of Nephrite's death. Yeah. Like he's like, I need to take this guy out. And he does. Yeah. And so Zoizite comes on the scene. And in the anime, Zoizite is a very effeminate gay man. And when adopted into the English 
Doug, they changed him into a woman because there were because censors were like, uh, this isn't gonna fly. Like, we're because just gonna... he has a Yeah, because he has a relationship with Kunzite. Yeah. It sometimes feels very one sided at times. Like Zoizite sort of obsessed with Kunzite and Kunzite just sort of deals with it. Yeah. But like they do kind of cuddle. Like, yeah, which is cute. It's super cute. Um but Zoizite is after these rainbow crystals. Tuxedo Mask is after these rainbow crystals. Essentially, you're after these rainbow crystals. Zoizite gets most of them. Zoizite's so pretty efficient. Um, he's really efficient. Essentially, I think at one or two. And then the very last one, which is my favorite episode of the anime, uh, which is the episode with Brett Butler, which is the Violet Crystal. Because this the, the crystals were all in six, were in six people, and the seventh crystal was in a cat. Was in a cat. That's right. Was in a a really big fat cat. And so, like this device that Mercury created to kind of track these rainbow crystals, they think it's in a little girl. So you have like Moon, Mercury, and Jupiter like guarding this little girl, but it's her cat who has it, and this cat falls in love with Luna, and it's honestly my favorite episode. The little girl's name is Scarlet, and her cat's name is Rhett Butler. Because it's, it's so... It's gone it's with the so wind. so bizarre. Yeah, it's just so absurd, it's, and it's beautiful. It is, it is the weirdest episode. <laughs> and, like, it's so funny. If, if you don't, if you watch only one episode of Sailor Moon in your entire lifetime, it has to be this episode. You'll have there no are other, idea like, what's going on, but you'll be amused. You... You won't have any idea, but it, you don't need to. And one of the greatest things is when they defeat, like, the Yoma that comes out of the cat. Um, Zoe's, like, goes to grab the crystal. And Tuxedo Mask, like, literally, who has not been in this episode, like, shows up and it's like, it's mine, goodbye, and, like, jumps down, grabs it, and jumps away. And Zoe's like, like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> He's just, like, hanging out, waiting. And it's amazing. Like, he's just, like... If I stay still, they won't see me. And if they don't see me, I can get it. <laughs> it is just so weird. He's the only one who doesn't have, like, powers and stuff. So he's hanging around all these super-powered people. Just like, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to eat. Yep. I'm going to rush in and grab the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love Tuxedo Mask. Like, as a, ki- like, as a kid, I was kind of like, he's kind of useless. As a teen, I was like, I mean, I love him because, like, how can you not love him? And as an adult, I'm just like, would I die for Tuxedo Mask? Yeah, probably. Yes. yes. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> he's great. And if you criticize Tuxedo Mask in front of me, prepare to get a lecture. <laughs> no, he's wonderful. He's great. I even love, in the anime, like, his typical outfit is a black turtleneck, a green sports jacket, he's and casual. lavender trousers i really like his affinity for lavender like i like that that i do too to to the future um yeah yeah i like i like him in purple (laughs) it's a good color for him it's it's sort of like it was something that's kind of like lambasted by moonies on the internet of just like mamoru and his green jacket and his purple pants and back then in the early days of the internet up to now, I have never understood why people hate on that outfit. I think it's marvelous. It is the best outfit he has, because he has a lot of bad outfits in the anime. Yeah, he does. His, he, he's got... For a guy who has... 
Sorry, for a guy who has so much money, he has the worst fashion taste. He chooses. He chooses to have 80s fashion. That's why. I mean, it's the early 90s, and maybe that was trendy for Japanese men, because, like we discussed in the first episode, like, the anime was animated by animators who were very on trend with, like, the people they saw around them. Right. So it's just like, this is what they were seeing, so this is what the cool people wear. (laughs) Um, But it's so funny. I think just really only in the Dark Kingdom arc does Mamoru come off as, like, this older cool guy and then everything thereafter is just like this older dorky guy yeah he really is a dork and i love it i love him so much he's so his we'll we'll talk more about him in his character analysis episode but he's a leo and he is the least leo like person (laughs) you know (laughs) he's just not like you think of, like, the Leo sun sign, and Tuxedo Mask does not leap to your mind. <laughs> it's very funny. I mean, and and he's so stoic in the beginning, and it's like, I don't know why we didn't see the dorkiness there, because, I mean, he runs around in a tuxedo and a top hat and a mask. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, just like, of course he's a dork. And in the anime, he throws a rose. There's no roses in the manga, but he throws a rose in the anime all the goddamn time. And it's like, where do you get these roses, my dude? They, like, did you practice this? Did you practice rose throwing so that you would skewer it into the ground? It's like, haha. Yeah, so here's a funny here's a funny thing, and we'll talk about this again, like when we get to his character analysis episode. But in the anime, like in the manga, he is fully aware of everything that he's doing. But in the anime, he actually does not seem to be aware that he's tuxedo mask. What? Because there's an yeah, there's an episode where he he'll get headaches because as a kid he was in a car accident with his parents. His parents died. He lived. He lost his memory like prior to the age of six. Right. Um. So he didn't know who he was, and so he has headaches in the anime, which is a callback to that accident. But there's one time where like something is happening, and like he's walking down the street and he has this headache and he falls to his knees. And then he shimmers and turns into Tuxedo Mask. I don't remember that. That is so yeah. bizarre. It's so weird. So it's just kind of like he has this alter ego in him. And again, because he is, because he's the prince, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's just like he this past life in him is taking form because he doesn't really have powers in the anime so much, but in the manga, he does have He does. He's actually a little bit powers. more useful in the manga. <laughs> Yeah, he has healing powers. Yeah. So, like, he does, he is able to transform. Um, He has a transformation sequence in the anime. I think they only show it, like, twice. It's amazing. I don't know what he says, but, like, it's just, like, it's just him rotating, and then, like, this top hat comes out and, like, lands on his head and, like, reveals him. I think that it's amazing. I think what's funny about that is that they gave him a transformation sequence and like a magical transformation, but unlike mm-hmm. the manga, he has no powers. Like I think it was it was just like we let's just give him one just for just for the heck of it. Because like in the manga, there's almost kind of an implication that he actually changes into the, like changes clothes, not magically changes. Yeah. He actually changes into this outfit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like he physically walks around with this tuxedo in a bag. Well, because when when he brings Usagi to his apartment, you see his mask sitting like was it on the dresser or on the table? Yeah, it was on the table. And he's the side table. He's part way, um, you know, he's part way out of his costume. He's got his his suit still on, but not his cape, not his hat, not his mask. Um, Right. So while in the anime we have all this seven rainbow crystal mm-hmm. thing, in the manga it's like Tuxedo Mask goes to the media. He just goes to the media and he's like, I'm looking for the Ginsui show. And it's this crystal and it has powers and I'm looking for it. And like, Usagi is heartbroken by this. And Luna's like, I guess he is an enemy. Because he told the public, you know, what does he want this for? And Usagi's heartbroken because she has this huge crush on him. Even though, like, she's interacted with him outside of costume, she doesn't recognize him. And, um, you know, thinks he's a jerk because he's kind of a jerk. You know, he tells the media and so people start looking for it. And the Dark Kingdom takes advantage of it. And Soy Sight creates these VHS tapes that people watch. And they try to find the Gensui show. And it's very messy. And, um, people get possessed and, like, they start getting their energy be taking out on the streets and, you know, Usagi is upset. Yeah, people are collapsing and Usagi transforms into Sailor Moon. And with Tuxedo Mask's help, she uses the moon stick to cast moon healing escalation and heals everyone. But because she, because it was on such a large scale, she collapses and he takes her to his place, untransforms, and she's just herself in her seat, in her, you know, school schoolgirl year. outfit. And, and you know, she wakes up in his bed, and she's like, where am I? Sees the mask. She's like, this must be his place. He walks in without the mask on. She's like, oh, it's you. How did I not figure this out before? It's a really, it's a really cool moment, because it's played really quietly in the manga. She, you, you see, like, you see her lift up the mask and hold it up to his face and, like, put two and two together. And then, you know, her thought bubble is, you know, how did I not see it? You know? It doesn't... Yeah, those deep blue head. eyes. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. her over the head with a ton of dialogue there. It's mostly just visual, which I, I really love. <laughs> it's so pretty. The manga's so it, pretty. <laughs> it's, it's so sweet and romantic. It is. And... I think in some ways Sailor Moon kind of like shaped how I see romance mm-hmm. because like the really romantic sweet parts are very small and very quiet. They are. Yeah, it's not you these know, they're, grand they're not this, or anything. It's and I think that's what real love is like where it's just like small, quiet, intimate um and not like let's do this thing, let's take you here, let's give you this, let's you know, do that and, you know, trying to, like, hold on to someone. It's really just, like, this person is here and you're here. Yeah. And um, all that's all that matters is the feelings. Right. And they're able to um, depend on one another. Yeah. But I think, is that where we're going to start wrapping up the first part of uh, The Dark Kingdom? Yeah. So we're going to wrap up this first part. In our second part, we're going to talk about... I think Zoizite dies at this point. <laughs> yeah, Zoizite dies. 
uh, in the manga. In the anime, uh, we'll get to that in the next part, because that's a little bit more drawn out. But yeah, in the next part, we're going to talk about, we'll get Sailor Venus, we'll talk about the Moon Princess, we'll talk about the past life, we'll talk, we'll talk more in depth about Queen Beryl, because at this point, Queen Beryl, we mostly see her in the background commanding the generals and telling them what to do and being like, you need to get more energy, you need to find the Ginsuisho, you need to like defeat Sailor Moon, like... And just sitting there get- looking, looking hot, being creepy, holding a Right, she's ball. just, she's... She's just being the boss from hell. Yeah. And in the next episode, we'll talk more about, like, the second half, which is where things, like, really ramp up and get super dramatic and actually pretty depressing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> things get... Things get dark. And, like, the anime lightens up some of it. And, and in some parts, darkens it a little bit. It's really funny, the seesaw motion between, like, lightheartedness and darkness. It's a wild ride. It's a lot of emotions. Yep. Um, but things I camp up for the next portion. So Yeah. I always get very emotional at the end of an arc of Sailor Moon. Yeah. Naoko Takeuchi, um, like, she's not perfect. There's definitely weaknesses in the plot. She recognizes it. We recognize it. But she's really good at crafting a scene that makes you feel. She is. She's really good at characters, making you feel for them and think about them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Join us next time. What if we... <laughs> yeah, well, no, okay. before then, oh. um, what, how does, like, this first half of, like, the Dark Kingdom, which is really more like the first two-thirds. Right. But, like, how has, how did this make you feel growing up? How did this make you feel when you revisited it as an adult? Well, as a kid, it's all very exciting you know it's a whole new world the stakes are rather high um i mean this is airing alongside like the batman animated series and stuff like that and it's like it was really exciting to have a girl-centric superhero and all these adventures Mm -hmm. and of course it was monster of the week so it could get a little repetitive but there were these really emotional scenes, these really emotional moments. And um, I've, it was neat to have media that was not afraid to make a child cry. Because <laughs> at that time it was marketed yeah. to kids. Yeah. I think, I think we were really lucky in the 90s um, because we did have some really interesting very cerebral very emotional cartoons like DuckTales could get like that and DuckTales was like Disney and you had Batman and Gargoyles and Spider-Man and X-Men where things like really really got to you yeah they would get really dark sometimes uh Mm -hmm. they'd have some really emotional moments and put the characters through some serious turmoil sometimes yeah I really appreciate that the anime does give us more time with the characters and is like, here are their insecurities as a character. Here are their strengths. And here's how that balances out. You can't have, no one is perfect. Right. And it's really exemplified with Usagi because here's this lazy, clumsy crybaby. She's yeah. She starts off very imperfect and she never becomes perfect. No, she overcomes a lot of fears. She overcomes a lot of dysfunction. She eventually starts 
passing her classes and doing better in school, you know, but she never becomes... Because she has really good friends. <laughs> yeah, she, and she, she tries hard, you know, she, some people in real life, even if you have supportive friends, they don't take advantage of that, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. So, right. And she, she looks to the, I don't know. Huh? I feel like, I feel like if you had Ami, Sailor Mercury, like on your back to study. Right. <laughs> I feel like Ami's the kind of person that's like, I will bring a horse to water and it will drink. It will drink. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she becomes more mature over time. There's certain things she never gets very good at. She never learns kanji. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I relate, Isagi. <laughs> I get it. But she does become a good leader. And she's always very... She never loses her compassion. No matter what she goes through, no matter how dark things get, she never becomes embittered. And she always has compassion for others, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I found, I found... I find her a very inspiring character. I love the manga. It was very pretty. The anime was... It was a lot of fun. It, it had some really weird stuff. Anime had some really weird stuff. <laughs> a lot of the monsters of the week were were really bizarre, and they never stop being bizarre. Yeah, but they're fun. They never. They're all. They're yeah. They're bizarre throughout. That's. They're always weird. I love them, but they're always yeah. weird. I think. I think so. Like every season of the anime has the bad guys say a different word when they get killed. Um, usually by Sailor Moon's finishing attack. And in the first arc in Dark Kingdom, they all say refresh. So it's like, this attack is coming at them. They're like, refresh! And they die. Right. And it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I love it so much. Yeah, they... Sailor Moon is really quirky. There's a lot of things where it's like, how come this? How come that? It's, just how it is like yeah why are they wearing why are they wearing school uniforms and transform into basically school uniforms yeah <laughs> because it's cool and it's cute and it's a status symbol yeah because they wanna it's like, because they want to and then you see the flashbacks of them back in the moon kingdom as senshi and they're wearing the same thing yeah like, but we'll get to that in the next episode yeah we'll get there but anyway we'll get there there's <laughs> there's so much there's so much sailor moon it makes me so happy. <laughs> so how about for you, this first portion? What uh, what was your impression? How did it make you feel? I'm trying to remember, like, how I felt when I first read it in the manga as a kid. Because the library didn't always have it. So sometimes, so, like, I read, like, the first manga and the third manga. And the second one wasn't there. It was really bizarre. That's because sometimes I had them. <laughs> probably this is it's all your fault Kim it's me. Uh, it was you um but it was a roller coaster of emotions because it was just like because when I was reading them I was 12 years old and that's like perfect age to read this I was like right. literally the target demographic when it was coming out originally in Japan so it was just like this is amazing mm -hmm. this is so emotional you know and we know more than the characters as, like, it's progressing. And it's just, like, what happens next? What happens next? Because it was so different from what few episodes I had seen before. And then when I got into high school, getting my hands on the anime. 
but in subbed form, so Japanese audio English subtitles, and following along that way, it was very, it was something, Sailor Moon has always been something that was mine and mine alone. Mm -hmm. Like, I share it with friends, but, like, growing up, it was kind of like, what's mine was everyone else's, but what was theirs was theirs. Mm -hmm. But nobody else wanted Sailor Moon. Only I wanted Sailor Moon, so she was mine. It's very personal to you. I found a yeah, so I found a lot of comfort, and um, I was able to relate to every single one of them, except Isagi. <laughs> except Isagi, which is so funny, because I relate to her so much now. <laughs> I was like, everyone else I get, Isagi, like, get your shit together. I'm trying. <laughs> She's trying. She's doing her best. And you know what? God bless her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and on that, like, weirdly religious note... <laughs> You can find us pretty much just through email right now at oshiokiopodcast at gmail.com, if I'm remembering that correctly. Pretty sure I am, if I'm not. Oh, well. Something to edit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. There'll be other episodes. We'll sort this out. We don't have a Twitter. We don't have... We're not cool. A MySpace. <laughs> a MySpace. <laughs> Just to really throw it back. You should get a MySpace now. Can you get a MySpace? But anyway, we're not on Twitter. Uh, we're not on Instagram. Email us at oshiokiopodcast at gmail.com. And any last words? Uh, you can get a MySpace. <laughs> get to know. Uh, find, check us on MySpace next episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, join us next time. Yep. Yeah. And Sukini Kawatte. Oh, oh, she'll she'll